ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT podcast. And I am your host. Um, as I always like to tell you guys, get your coffees ready, your chai lattes, your uh, teas ready this morning, your protein shakes, get your breakfasts going, your eggs benedict, your English muffins, your bagels, your banana nut breads, your blueberry muffins, whatever gets you started and going for the day. Let me fix my trusty microphone here, and we shall begin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. I have a lot of positive thoughts flowing through my mind, and we're just going to do what we do. I actually have two separate pieces of coffee. I have a hot coffee that I'm almost finished, and then I have an iced coffee that is a mocha and I don't think they did the best job on it, but we'll finish the hot coffee first, and we will move on. So, yesterday I had a brief conversation with a childhood friend of mine, and, you know, every time I speak to somebody that I love, they're always asking, you know, so what's going on, you know, with your with your music adventure and stuff like that. And, um... You know, I, I let this person know, like, the battle is still here. We're fighting it every day. And, you know, so much changes. You know, in just a few weeks, even in just a few months, something that you may have perceived in a certain way is uh, completely different just a few months later. So when I explain my situation... You know, the best way that I could describe it to all of you, um, including my friends and my family, is the fact that everything is there, and there's probably 2 to 3% that we are still working on. So, let's go over those categories, right? And then we're going to go into the actual video that Casey Graham released on his YouTube channel which is called the Music Money Makeover Show. There is a difference between the course and the 60-day record label, just to make that clear because I didn't know what the differences were. And I'm actually also considering downloading the audio book because I think that's going to help me tremendously. So first things first, let's go over all the categories that make up an artist. Then we'll go out to a record label and then we'll we'll pierce the industry once again. So as an artist, I don't have to write, but I do have the capabilities to write. All business is warfare. So when I think about the music industry, that's exactly how I view um things that are of a creative nature. So I'm able to write very well, um, but I'm also able to freestyle um, very well. So I can create records very, very fast. Um, my subject matter is amazing. Breath control is amazing. Um, 
the cadences, punch bars, or, I mean punch bars, uh, uh, punch lines, everything is, is there, right? As far as flow. Um, I can harmonize, I can sing, um, you know, I could rap fast or slow, I could go between different styles from East Coast to the West Coast to the Dirty South. And I take a lot of pride in that. Also, I can do music in English and Spanish. So even though rap and hip-hop is my foundation, I can do it all from ballads to bachata to merengue, reggaeton, mambo, punta, cumbia, techno, champeta, dembow, reggaeton, trap. I mean, I have all the bases covered, so all that is good. Um, my catalog is huge. I have thousands and thousands of songs in every genre you can think about, from love ballads to whatever you're interested in. And um, as far as that, you know, that's pretty much covered. Um, on the artistic side, all my visuals, I control all of that. Um, whenever I release a record, it becomes an NFT. So I'm very creative when it comes to that. You know, whatever the concept is, is kind of the inclination that I use for the for the artwork. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think what else. My appearance is pretty pretty sharp. You know, I'm a very good dresser. Um, you know, my hair is long. I could do braids. I could comb it back. I can slick it back. I can have a ponytail, you know, depending on the occasion and even the concept of the song that's being promoted, I'm able to to change gears and, and deliver visuals that are up to par, right? Um, as far as cinematography, you know, I write films and I write poetry and I write short stories and books and movies and video games and so, you know, that that's a great advantage to have. So I have that in place. Um, I know how to deal with the public as far as public relations, you know, how to do an interview, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm a true businessman, true entrepreneur at heart, true venture capitalist all the way. Um, politically reserved, um, religiously inclined, but... You know, when you're dealing with me, you get the full package, right? So, as far as an artist, I'm always challenging myself, always working on new things. In fact, when I finish today's podcast, I have a, a few business meetings, I have a few errands to run, then I'll be in the studio, and then I'll be back in the office working on the newest article for Future Tech Plus. So, today is one of those days that I'm gearing up to fulfill my schedule the sabbatical starts tonight so i will be in a sense disconnected throughout the weekend but i do have some work to do over the weekend so because i will be unable to record or let's say i'll be recording later that day um at least on sunday i think saturday probably be a, a little bit harder but um even though i push myself to try to get those projects done I'm just going to load up as far as music so I can have a smooth transition into the weekend. But um, as far as the artistic side, everything is pretty much handled there except, you know, small things like when I go on tour, you know, I'll be back in the gym like hard body. And that'll actually be an addition 
to my organic uh, digital marketing through organic uh, content creation. So you guys will get to see me at the juice bar. And when I say the juice bar, it doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to be endorsed by Smoothie King or something like that. But I make my own juices and my own protein shakes and everything else. And um, I'm trying to think, what else? Oh, you guys will see me working now. You guys will see me even shopping for, you know, the sports apparel. Because when when I get into something, you know, I'm very immersed in it, you know, very deep into it. So we'll also talk about organic content creation and digital marketing for, I guess, the health division of my company. So we're going to talk about that today. So now let's peel back the layers. Outside of being an artist, right, as a company, I'm an independent record label, right? I am everything from the manager to the road manager to the talent agent to my own lawyer to my own manager to my own um, bookie for the shows. Um, again, shout out to Casey Graham. He did a very good breakdown yesterday as far as, you know, what would be the breakdown of, you know, new artists negotiating a lower percentage for management and administration. And um, he also mentioned delegating a lot of these smaller tasks to strategic task forces. So, you know, in a sense, he made the comparison between a manager or highly paid uh, personal assistant. And um, all of the people in my staff have to be able to multitask. So I also want to talk about that. Um, basically delegating more than one task to more than one person or more than one groups of people. So there's a specific reason why there's strength in numbers. You know, why I need everybody in my company to know everything, to know the whole industry so that not only can we have open debates where the best ideas win, but we'll be able to give everyone a voice and a voting right so that only the best decisions win. And the ultimate goal is to have the best career, best products, best services, building the, the highest um, premium brands as far as, you know, quality and everything else. So as far as that, I'm pretty much covered in that. Um, my distribution will come from multiple channels. The ultimate goal is to transfer all my masters to Apple Music, um, to transfer all registration from BMI to ASCAP, and I'm going to go through the process of the 60-day record label so that I can get um, synchronized with all of the performing rights and royalties companies, as well as all the publishing and royalty collection companies all over the world. So at the forefront, I have to admit, it would probably be United Masters, which is marketed as a record label, but technically is not. Um, we will be using TuneCore in certain markets. We will be using DistroKid. And we are considering utilizing um, disc makers through CD Baby. There are a few other um, distributors that we're going to be able to use. Obviously, I have a strategy 
to secure a membership with any of these retailers so that whenever I aim to release a project, I can use any one of these DSPs. And um, we'll go more into specifics of that later throughout today's podcast. So as far as that, I'm building the legal structure in order to be able to suffice, let's say, the tax liabilities through each corporation because what I'm aiming or desiring to do is to build a small company around every release and project. So as far as that, the actual business side of it, we kind of have that pretty much covered. Um, To our advantage, we will have... um, Overall, The Principles of Ray Dalio, um, that's a book you guys need to pick up. And we will be using the course program through Casey Graham to um, get all the background stuff in place so that when the tour launches, um, of course, it's going to be an open negotiation. We are going to interact with potential investors and people in the industry. So we want to deliver a complete product, a a complete packaged good. So the tour itself, it's a multifaceted. Um, You know, we're going to hit a sweet spot in every leg of the tour, which will be not 20 dates, not 30 dates. We'll do 25 apiece. And um, the overall tour will be composed of several smaller tours, you know, 25, 26 cities, and um, some spot dates in between. And um, we'll kind of build from there because our approach will be completely different. As far as content creation, in each one of these markets, I'm going to be, you know, in one of my homes, one of my luxury homes. So, we will share a portion of that with our core audience. Um, we'll have like a OnlyFans and a Patreon. And uh, I, I don't know what are the other top uh, pay-for-play services. But um, they'll have exclusive content. They'll have a monthly subscription fee. And then we'll post like YouTube shorts on YouTube. We'll keep YouTube for the educational series. We're going to look into print and media as far as like um, writing booklets and printing booklets and stuff like that. Um, On the technology side, we're focused on NFT technology. And as far as merchandise and physical hardware, um, we're going to do it all from video games to films to um, have a huge project with the digital cassettes. So I'm, I'm really working on that hard body. And um, my intention is to sell at the tour, sell the entire catalog um, piece by piece. So I'm able to press up, I believe it's 5000 at a time. So it costs about a few hundred thousand, but I press up about 5000 And then the, the strategy is to basically, you know, sell each one for about $100.00. But um, it'll have like 3,000 songs on it. So something very cool, you know, limited edition. All will be uniquely uh, packaged and numbered. 
and autograph and you know nfts will be basically built around it so all of these things are being worked on right again i closed my own deal so even with the merchandise even the actual uh you know clothing line that i'm launching and all the accessories that we will be releasing all of these elements are available online um we're gonna go old school we'll still have an ebay page we'll have a amazon prime page we'll have a centralized website where all of our products and services will be fully displayed um in the metaverse we'll have our own like musical gallery where we display all of our nfts and things like that and um outside of that spectrum as far as technology you know we're invested in polygon i'm a, a real estate uh, entrepreneur on polygon so shout out to everybody that uses our network but um as far as that it in in and within itself all bases are pretty much covered so what are we waiting for the only thing we're waiting for is the passports you know there's been a huge delay since the pandemic it's going to be a, a more complex process for myself but once that is cleared and like all my staff is able to travel internationally then we will launch the tour and um i look forward to the adventure of securing different markets all over the world and operating outside of the range of let's say a live nation or Ticketmaster, etc. So that's actually what we are working on. And um, that is the most important layer. At the same time, I feel in my heart that God has the final say. I feel that when the time is right, God will open the door and the opportunity. And then my responsibility is to be prepared and to bring everything I have to the table. There are things that I'm working on, such as transferring even my residency, my driver's license, so that I can be in market. And what that's going to do is allow me to have a payment structure based in the United States. Now, once that is done, we can kind of launch all the other projects, such as the Kickstarter. Because we've established and broken many um, Guinness World Book of Records. The inclination is basically to also break that record, to present everything that we have as a portfolio in the Kickstarter. And then hopefully, God willing, God first, that will basically, what would be the term? That would put us in that position where we could actually deliver those things. Because all of those elements are important because without one, you really can't have the other. So to break the, the World Guinness Records for Kickstarter, we're going to use everything else that we need to get the name out there and the brand and the product and the service. Now, just breaking that record alone is going to be all the promotion that we need organically. Then those funds are going to fund the second tier, which is to get everything verified through World Guinness Book of Records, which that's an expensive process and it takes time. 
and the only the only way to expedite that is to basically you know pay the difference and and pay the premium you know and every single record that you attempt to establish or break or let's say challenge you have to pay at every interval so even if two records correlate with each other there's going to be two separate fees so i'll give you an example not only do i have the biggest music catalog that's one one world guinness record right then also we're looking at the biggest recording catalog established in one fiscal year right that's a whole nother record even though they kind of go together that's two separate applications then um there's another record for example of the amount of records that were produced in a portable digital platform that's another record in its own how many um songs were recorded on a cell phone with you know premium i mean not premium with primitive technology that's another record then um something as simple as you know you know what artist has released the most records on any DSP for me it would be Bandlab because the catalog stems from Bandlab Bandlab is a, a kind of a thing kind of like a stem or iTunes or Amazon Prime or Spotify so again that's just the very beginning right the more you go down into the list the more you realize like there's so many different records like by age group by topic you know how many times i mentioned god in a song how many times i mentioned god in the album how many times i mentioned god in the catalog you understand me every single interval is a separate record and therefore um requires a separate application and a separate fee then if you want to expedite that there's a you know 20 times premium so something that starts at $500 turns into $5000 very quickly and if you have 10 records or 12 records for example that you challenge that's $60000 okay well what if you have 2000 well that's about $120000 well not only did I break about two dozen records, I established about two dozen records or more. So let's double that. We're at 250000 all day. And um, even though I mentioned that in the podcast, I didn't fully explain the why. Now, there's 8,879 records for music. I have to pay for a company to have a, a, a specialized team to go through every record and delegate which ones we've broken, established, or which ones are new altogether. And um, for that reason, the breakdown will go as follows. Obviously, we want to go for the biggest catalog first because that initial publicity will turn into everything else, you know, I'm Hispanic, you know, I'm at a certain age group, um, you know, the amount of cursing in my music is probably 1% to 2%, like, that's an amazing feat all in its own, um, you know, building the bridge between, let's say, Bandlab 
and um, you know, World's Guinness Book of Records, because Banlab has a very poor job or, or uh, a very lackluster department of communication with the artists because their system is not really designed for artists to do as many records as I did and as many projects. So I'll give you an example. Just for, for 2023, I already have 201 records. And if I keep up this pace, we're in the beginning of March. So every two months, about 200. So that's about 100-something records a month. I'll be at 12, 13, 1400 by the end of this year. And it's not even my intention because now that I'm closer to the tour, the moment of rehearsals and printing and pressing the lyrics that come off the top of my dome, you know, spiritually from my heart, mind, body, and soul, right? I have to learn these records. It's one thing that God gave me the talent and the ability to be able to reflect on a moment of my life and create a song around it right on the spot, right then and there, okay? And again, the documentary will show this, the behind the scenes will show this, and the actual movie of my music career. All these things are being developed simultaneously. So we'll take audio from the film uh, to the series, to the documentary, to the behind the scenes, to the how it was made, to the actual recording of, of the music. So, one thing is to be able to do that. Another thing is to be able to listen to the records, type up the records, press up the records, have the companies verify, proofread everything. Then, to build an entire performance around all of these things. So, why is that important? Because that is how you break in a record in a new market. Meaning, you know, that's how the West was won. You know, not only do you have to devise a strategy to penetrate a new market, but you have to close sales in those new markets. And it is a numbers game. But you, as the entrepreneur and as the creator, have to secure that everything is in place for people to be able to connect with the brand and consume your products and your services. Meaning, when people look into my career, they have to be able to fully connect and fully understand what they're engaging in. And the way that business has been conducted before, is that the way, excuse me, is that the way that I have to do it? Because I have to basically be as real as I can be. Because business has changed. So I'll give you another example. Even something as simple as going live on my Instagram. I feel so much better in the audio format. That a few days ago, I had the urge and the desire to go live on my Instagram. But I withheld that impulse because... What I was thinking about was a little political. Um, I found myself trying to be a perfectionist and correct the world, which is not my position. And it's not fair for me to, let's say, watch a, a podcast or a blog or something, or even a programming, you know, dealing with new talent and, and music and stuff like that, 
and for me to want to go in and correct everything and everybody for the sake of the culture. This is a business. When I see myself too emotionally attached, I personally have to um, hold myself back from expressing myself in that way. I don't even know what I really wanted to talk about. I just knew that I wanted to talk to my public. So I realized that because it's a business and it goes back to building your team, right? I have a staff that can create content around the content that I'm creating and use that to connect with the fans so that everything that I do release is completely um, strategic. Let's say, for example, if I'm creating a song, it's natural for me to give you guys a live video or a short of how the song was created, etc. What I think about it, what I felt about it, what the process was, and to share that with you guys, okay? So that's an amazing thing. Now, is it my position necessarily to watch a podcast like I did? It's a video podcast on YouTube where they're talking about the business and the music industry, yet they really don't know what they're talking about. So me being overprotective of my market, specifically overseas and specifically my Latin market, I wanted to go in and say, well, you know, the music industry is a business and this, this, that, and the third. And I didn't want to come across in the wrong way. I knew that it wasn't the right time and it wasn't the right context because how is it going to be five or ten years from now? Every time I read an article, am I going to go to social media? and express my frustrations? Am I going to bring that attention to my products, my services, and my brands? Absolutely not, because that's bad business. You know, James Cameron gave you the Terminator, but he also gave you the Titanic. In certain scenes of the movie, you see like the environmentalist people using the mechanical robot to find the the spirit of ecstasy, whatever that shit is, the the actual necklace piece or whatever. Because really, in the movie, they were really after the treasure, right? And then the story unfolds when they start interviewing the main character, which is, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, love interest, right? Well, you didn't see James Cameron speaking about the environment on a political forum about water wildlife, or excavating equipment and unions having problems with their workers or anything like that. Like, it would be out of place, in a sense, for him to do that because he's a writer, he's a producer, engineer, um, cinematographer, uh, movie director. I would consume his content if he showed behind the scenes how Titanic was made, the special effects, the writing team, how it was filmed, how it was shot, how they, they built the models to recreate the ship, let's say, sinking, etc., etc. That would be understandable, right? Because you don't want to confuse your fan base. So if he was to go on a live and speak about marine wildlife and how unfair excavations can be to religious and historical sites, that would kind of be out of place. In fact... That may turn people away from consuming the film, even though it's an amazing film. Why? Because now, in this example, James Cameron 
has politicized uh, through this woke movement what the film is really about. The film is about Titanic sinking. That's a historical event. The love story is fictional and adds a added bonus to the overall experience. The technicalities is that they use technology to build something that is visually amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. They use Celine Dion um, and My Love Will Go On or My Heart Will Go On. It's an amazing fucking record. It's a phenomenal record. You have the talents of Leonardo DiCaprio as the lead good guy and the lead bad guy. He's actually one of Biff's friends in um, the Back to the Future franchise. So if you get a chance, that's my favorite movie. If you guys go and and download Back to the Future, the original part one, or if you stream it online, look at some of uh, the friends that Biff has in his little, you know, squadron of, of, of bad guys. And, and it's the same guy. So I say that to say this. Let's put everything into perspective. I am correcting myself because I realize that I have to use the same approach that I use with the record labels, right? The record labels want to pay for your talent at today's price. But their evaluation is based on your future evaluation, right? 20, 25 years from now. So when you got it, you got it. When you got the skills and you got the talent, there's, there's really, unless you're very lazy, there's no way you could technically fail. So putting that into perspective, you know, if you're creating a product or a service and you understand that the metaverse is here, and that we're going more towards, you know, organic content creation and digital marketing, then you want to provide attributes to that product or service or that brand. You don't want to get into the politics of things because if that was the case, I wouldn't be a musician or an artist or an entrepreneur. I would be a politician. In other words, there's a time and a place for everything. Certain things that I want to air out, I can air out on my podcast because my podcast is about technology, investing, retirement, and everything that I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, we talk about music, but we also talk about sports. We also talk about business. But then at the same time, we also do the educational series. And I don't just share my career insights. I share a lot of my personal points of data, a lot of my personal points of views. Um, like, for example, yesterday I was using um, chat GTP or GPT, whatever the fuck. And, you know, I fucking wrecked the system within a few minutes. And that just kind of gives you an example, right? That just kind of uh, lets you know kind of the direction that we're going. And at the same time, this process is being documented as it's happening. So it's not going to be elaborate. It's not going to be highly glossed over. You know, sometimes in business, it is hand-to-hand combat. It is modern warfare. You know, you sometimes just have to get the job done. So let's talk about delegation. Not only do I agree with Casey Graham because I disagree with management taking 20% all across the board for jobs that they're technically 
not really fulfilling because if you hire me as your manager and I have you on a percentage, I should be hand-to-hand combat with the accountant, the business manager, the bookie, the talent agent, the fucking, the, the road tour manager. Like, I should be well compensated because I'm going to work more or extremely higher than anybody in any other department. If it's the opposite, and I'm working the least, and I'm delegating all of these tasks to all of these groups of people, then how could you justify me giving you 10, 15, 20, 25% of, of, of the overall uh, gross that, let's say, my career is producing? Mind you, as an artist, I'm in an automatic partnership. Like, I have to cover all my liabilities. So even if, let's say, a partnership is put together with a record label, well, the record label is going to go through a recuperation process initially, first. That's what happens first. Okay, we advance you $40 million. We need to pay back that $40 million plus interest. So we're actually going to pay back $50, $55 million. Then after that moment, that's when the real partnership starts. Okay, We'll continue to take out whatever liabilities, which is probably 5 to 7%. There'll be 93% left on the table. Um, we are 60-40, 70-30, business partners. So now we'll split the profits after we've cleared all of, uh, all of our liabilities, right, to get to that moment. So because also I'm an independent artist, I have to wear different hats, right? I have to connect with different aspects of my career from the personal side through my corporation, my company, my products, my services, and then extensively on the extension realm, which is layer two. All the people that help, all the people that help me. And then internally, the people that help them. So... How do we make all of this happen? When you're an independent artist, you are the record label. So I have to have my own media company. I have to have my own, um, uh, I guess, press kit firm. I have to have my own PR department because it's the only way that things are going to get done. And, you know, I may delegate tasks to multiple task force. So everybody in my staff, by all of them knowing everything about the music business and the music industry, not only can they do very well what they actually do naturally very well or excellent, but they can also handle other things where if something is missing, you know, they may make the decision or voice their opinion that, you know what, we need more content creation. We need more organic digital marketing. We need this. We need that. Why? Because everybody's prevy. Everybody's educated and aware of what could potentially be needed. Because I also have a a, a triple tier system. You know, if somebody is hired for one position and they can cover 12 different bases, then they are eligible for getting that higher pay. If you're doing the job of 12... um, employees or 12 members of my staff what makes you think i wouldn't pay you five or six times whatever your salary is 
So you could go from making 100000 working for me to half a million dollars in one project because every single project is a challenge. Now, again, also, because I'm independent, I'm able to release more music. I'm not constrained, which is an amazing advantage as far as modern warfare because business is warfare, right? So what that allows me to do is to exploit all of the powers that I have as an independent artist. Well, I need a team that can keep up with that because another thing that happens is the artist outgrows the management strategy or system. And everybody complains, well, this, well, that. Well, the thing is, every situation is unique. And if you as an artist deem it that it's not to your benefit or your advantage to have somebody in your team still be on salary, then they have to go. You know, and it hurts and it sucks, but it's just the reality. This is a business. It's highly competitive. You know, all the record labels are challenged to face all the other record labels. <clears throat> all other artists are challenged to compete with all other artists. The ones that win are the ones that are able to align the stars. Marketing and promotion is in place. Organic digital content creation is in place. The records are dope records. The visuals are dope. Everything is organized. Everything is professional. Um, you have a funnel system through your website that has extensions to like eBay.com and Amazon Prime and um, let's say Reverb Nation or CD Baby where you can actually like sell your merchandise, kind of like drop shipping, which is what they do at Amazon and stuff like that. So that just gives you an example of all these attributes as an independent artist. It's not enough for me to just have one trait or one attribute. I have to exploit all of them. Um, back to delegation before we go into the DSPs, because I'm going off the top of my mind. I'm just trying to remember key points that I want to express to you guys. So delegation of services, for me, there is no better PR firm than Fiber, because in Fiber, I can find all of the freelance professionals that I need. So if I'm in a specific market, let's say I'm in India, and I need a graphic designer in India, right? Because I'm, I'm going to penetrate that market. Well, through Fiber, I can hire somebody specifically from that target audience market place. Not only could they create what I need for my career, but they would know how to exploit the terrain. They know you know, where the best venues are. They know where the best producers are. They know where the best clothing is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is just to give you an example of the augmented reality. So not only could I deliver a record for a specific target market audience in India, but I can deliver it with the best group and the best team of people that know that terrain and they know that market. Fiber allows me to do that. So just like a publicist, you know, charges several thousands of dollars every single month in order to build up the hype, the marketing, digital marketing campaigns um, throughout the process that a project is developed, they continuously do that while the project is already in motion. 
But by the same token, do I feel that they deserve to be on salary? Long term, no. Short term, yes. Because I need for them to be able to focus on what they're doing. So I'm actually going to be going back to that uh, to that video. And I'm going to be dissecting all of the data points so I can actually do the research myself. Because it's not just about saving money to reinvest it or being cost effective. It's about delivering the best possible uh, quality of product that I could deliver. Even if it's a t-shirt that has the logo of the company, I don't just want a t-shirt. I want the best t-shirt. Even if it costs a premium, that's a premium that I'm willing to pay because it's going to deliver a better experience for the audience, right? So delegation is important because I will be doing not only what a manager should do, but what I would want the manager to do. So at every interval, every one of these professionals should be able to do more than one thing. So if I have a staff of 12, we need to operate as a staff of about 60 people. And that number only grows exponentially. So if one day we have a staff of 600 people, well, we got to do the job of 1,000 people. We can't stop at let's do damage as if we were 500. No, let's do the damage as if we were 1,000. So when we have 1,000 people working for the company, they can operate as a, a workforce of you know 1.2 to 1.4 million. So if each one of those people can do five things, do you see the power of what we can do? Do you see the power of what we can accomplish? It doesn't mean we have to spend millions of dollars at first. It means that you want to develop those friendships and establish those, those sets of boundaries and guidelines with that staff. And once you attain the success, now you have the, the freedom, you have the power financially to really take care of your people and really connect with them and engage into whatever challenges they're facing in life whether it's going to school, whether it's starting a family, whether they are working so hard because they have already an established family and they're in the growth process. So it just gives you an example of how something so simple can manifest itself so complex and we can be so effective. A record label can't do that. A record label doesn't really have boots on the ground. It has many people running around to trying to you know figure out what's going on at the at the battlefront you know but um these are just examples of things that I wanted to shoot my own videos and I wanted to edit my own videos and I wanted to post my own videos and I wanted to register my own videos so I could generate an, a revenue screen, uh, stream well guess what I have a staff that can do all of that I have a staff that if I tell them listen I need this video edited they can do it but not only can they edit the video and synchronize it perfectly with the audio, they can add layers of effects. They can do research for me and, let's say, suggest to me, you know what, why don't we put this on a digital Blu-ray? Why don't we put this in a digital cassette? Why don't we add this, that, and the third? So now the system starts kind of like, you know, working together, right? 
and we're able to compete with record labels that are a thousand times the size, but they're so disconnected. The bigger they get, the more they actually disconnect with the end consumer, the end user, which are my true business partners, right? Because your business only belongs to you until the point where you say, open for business. So these are, once again, prime examples, right, of what makes us different, how we are engaging in the market, how we're able to see through the nonsense and say, okay, you're selling the perception of reality. What we focus on is selling reality. You know, if I write a love song about heartbreak, it's because my heart has been broken, not because a PR staff says, oh, we did some market research, you know, and in that market research, we decided that we need to have a love song for this upcoming release because we have, you know, A, B, and C opportunities on the table. Nothing that I do can be mechanical. Nothing that I do can be stagnant, can be like, well, we need a weed song because it's good for the movie, but it's good for the project. No, that's not going to be how we process things. Also, let's say collaborating with new artists. There's going to be an open door policy where I'm willing to work with any artist so long as we split, you know, royalties, copyrights, publishing, and, and all the other things, 60-40 to my advantage. I don't even require any money up front. If money up front is delivered and offered, great. If not, it's not important. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are complete with today's first segment. Please come back and tune right in for our second segment of the day. We will be back in one New York minute. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast, and I'm your host. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So I apologize. I actually yawned twice. That's the first time I've ever done that on air. And I am tired. Believe me, I'm going to be getting some rest when I finish um, today's episode. But again, all these things we put into context to fully understand where we are and where we want to be. Um, I already had decided that, you know what, I need to have a visual artist for the NFTs, for all the artwork, even for the actual website. So why can't they not work together with, you know, the PR team and, and the marketing, et cetera, et cetera? Because what may connect them is one business meeting, one staff meeting, one phone call, one text message, or an email. Why has it become so difficult for us to multitask when technology is only getting faster, Right. Things are getting more elaborate, and we can deliver a much higher premium product. So let's use Starbucks as an example. What if I offered you premium coffee? But what if I offered you that premium coffee in a technological setting? Let's say I gave you a nice, clean, professional environment that was very modern and incorporated many, um, what's the word, many contemporary designs. But on top of that, I'm going to offer you high-powered, professional-grade internet and connectivity. What if I take it a step further 
and provide you with all of the essentials for all three meals of the day, which is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the most important, right? What if I provide that here, but I also have a bakery? And I also have an assembly line where I can customize your experience. I can write your name on every coffee cup. Now we have something unique because that same concept from the kitchen out works in, in, in a similar fashion, in a pyramid fashion, that it only gets better and better. So for business, we will say open the sale, expand the sale, close the sale. Let's use the example of a movie theater. Well, you go in to watch the movie, but you get popcorn. And because you get popcorn, you get a soda. And because you get that, you still get some candy, some chocolate. And you may eat some chicken fingers. You may eat some jalapeno, chips, cheese, and, 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 and salsa. But you may also get some pretzels or a pizza. So how did you open the sale? You opened it with the movie. How did you expand it? You expanded it with the popcorn and the drink. How did you close the sale? Well, we also have ice cream. Music and entertainment can be the same. So the film comes in a Blu-ray, but also has a built-in NFT and also has a documentary of the commentary or the behind the scenes. Um, let's say the NFT is connected to the digital cassette, which has the album, but also has through the NFT, the music videos, but also has on the interactive side for the CDR side, um, a link that takes you directly to the website that funnels all of our input through our website, but through search engine optimization, Google, Bing, Yahoo, etc. So, even focusing on the merchandise, why not sell you a shirt that is also an NFT and connects with the NFT, but we include a digital song as an NFT for every t-shirt that we create. These are just like multiple examples right um why not throw an event where i'm the promoter even though i'm an artist and not only do i have merchandise booths and stands where we sell merchandise and the you know the hardware software right like digital cassettes cdrs blu-ray dvds whatever well why don't we also cater the event through one of my other franchises why don't we invite local talent to cook and to serve? Well, if I'm on stage, well, I'm going to need a DJ. I travel with my own DJ. But you also have a set of five local DJs that you use at all times. Why don't we give each, I mean, I'm sorry, why don't we give each DJ a set during the performance? Well, there's also local talent. Why don't we give them a chance? Okay. Let's have a talent show. Instead of having a group of people or, you know, a few people or even one person open, quote unquote, the performance, why don't we just establish a talent show and establish a traveling talent series? Why don't we award the winner or the best performer or the best whatever musician everywhere that we go? 
why don't we give recognition to the untouchables and the unknowns, right? The people that, you know, they may not know outside of their market, but because we built a network for every business where we do business, and this network is constantly fed all of these data points, all of this content creation. Well, when we penetrate a secondary or primary market, we're still going to be showcasing those talents and those skills and those abilities and those events and those products or services that we have for retail that create brand awareness. So everything is kind of interconnected. The more we think about it, the more we can be creative as far as how we connect with things. If you go on Future Tech Plus on LinkedIn, you type in Venomar1 in the search bar, you'll be able to see how I discussed this, you know, a few weeks back. Interconnectivity is going to be the key to our success. And while another artist may not give you, not even a free CD, with every performance ticket that you purchase in advance through my NFT store, you're going to get a digital cassette. For every album that you buy, I'm going to give you every other album. You just select the album you want to buy, maybe because you like the artwork. But again, it goes back to the same thing. Instead of me writing the treatment, writing the script, recording the video, adjusting the lighting, editing the video, post-production of the video, and releasing the video, after going through all the fucking legalities to be able to release it on the market and make a profit and yield a passive uh, revenue stream, well, guess what? I have a team and a staff to do that. So because they're doing that, I can focus back on what's the most important thing, which is actually putting the music together and creating the music. Now, I don't have to worry about it as much as I do now because I'm doing everything. Now, I take a percentage of every performance, everything that's released. I may even take the advantage to use a DSP that pays weekly. Why? So that I can continuously reinvest. There are people that will build your website, like there are people that will manage your social media. There are people that you can pay to have you on their social media as an aggregator of quality, value, and, um, you know, experience. So why not spend whatever it takes, an extra 30, 40, 60,000 a year? I wish I could do 200,000, 300,000 a year. But that is the key factor. The key to my success will be based on how well I'm able to prepare myself. Once I'm on tour, yes, I'm going to be doing research, but all of these key concepts are going to be going into play. And my podcast is another way to reassert to my investors that this is what I do on a day-to-day. So taking that into perspective and taking all of that into consideration, everything that I need is there. I got my PR team, which consists of everything from the manager to the business manager to the accountants, to the lawyers, to the booking agent, to the fucking talent agent, to the general manager, all these roles coming together for the process of launching one product, one service in one market. Now, the more we do this, repetition is the mother of skill. The more we do this as a team, the more we bond, the more we spend time together, the more money we make. And what do we do? We follow the same formula. We never believe that 
we're too successful or we're too comfortable or whatever. You have to treat what you do, whether you get one stream or a billion streams, in the exact same way with the exact same discipline. And I'm a firm believer of that. Also, you have to trust people. And you have no idea how that helps. Just that good energy and that good vibe that you have a team that's working together, you know, going through this adventure with you. We don't know what can happen tomorrow. We don't know if Warren Buffett decides to start a record label and sees our company and says, we want to start with you guys. We want to start with your portfolio. That's just to give you an example. So delegation of power is as important as power in itself. And that would be today's um, title. That would be the, 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 the podcast episode name, Delegation of Power. Because it's important. As an artist, as much as I love doing the business side, right, and the artistic and creative side, I know that it's beneficial for me to be able to to engage in exactly that, right? In the sense that I can focus on just those things and not focus on anything else. And because of that, I'm able to do other things very, very well because I don't have the pressure of the worries. So if I have a visual artist for, let's say, the cover art for the documentary, well, they can do the cover art for the television series, and they can do the cover art for the digital streaming series, and they can do the cover art for every song and every release. They can do the cover art for every film that we actually release and that we actually put together. So by having one team or one staff work on just visual arts, they're able to fully develop their own ideas. Like, I'll give you an example. If I go to create a record and I'm working with a new producer, do I want the producer to tell me how to create my vocals or how to write my records? No. So is it fair for me to tell the producer, I want this beat higher, I want this bass lower, I want this treble clearer? No. Because whatever the artistic expression is of that producer, I need to respect that. I need to let that be a quote-unquote known variable. So the same is true and the same applies to so many different things. So putting that into perspective, it's the same with the visual arts. There's two NFT artists that I want to work with, okay? And shout out to Mr. Colgate because he knows who he is. And um, another very good friend of mine, which is a lady designer, to do a collaboration with them, I would send them the song and say, listen, create something or use something that you've created that can match simultaneously with this record and put this record in the NFT. And that's it. That's all I can ask for. Put your heart, your mind, and your body and your soul into it. Now, if they decide to paint fucking unicorns as a graphic art, that has nothing to do with me. If they decide to paint radios on, on let's say, on the NFT of the digital release, etc., well, that's their artistic expression 
therefore I can respect their artistic expression in the same way that they respect mine. Good morning. So you, you get what I'm trying to say? So if if that's the way that they um express themselves, right? Then I can respect that. Let's say they make a decision to go from okay, we're using retro wave colors that have pinks and greens and blues and yellows and oranges. And they decide to go with a neon green breakdown, right? Visual arts, right? All I can do is support that because I need them to make those decisions. If they do an artwork that has a tropical background and they decide to do a desert landscape, that's okay with me too because my job is to write the records, record the songs, engineer, master the songs, release the songs in their um, entirety, right? So that when they actually do that, I'm able to first and foremost express my core idea but I'm also able to give them the free range to be creative and put their own heart mind body and spirit into whatever they're doing if they feel that the color shouldn't be retrowave that the color should be modern they know that they have the freedom to do that because all we want to do is give the consumer the end user the best possible experience in all of the things that we actually do. So they may see something and say, you know what, this record is good and I like this NFT, but if the colors were more sandstone like a desert landscape, it would be more successful. Well, if you know in your heart or you believe in your heart that it would make it more successful to have a desert landscape, and if you and your team, all of you guys reach that same conclusion where you all agree unbiased that this would be the best thing then that's what I expect of you because if I'm recording a song and I feel that a bridge is missing before the chorus or after the chorus I'm going to make the decision to deliver those vocals in what I believe is the actual uh, best uh, possible um, execution of that What's the best possible outcome? How can we basically deliver the best experience? So I'll give you the example with the with the actual tour and the concert. Well, not only do we want to have merchandising tables where we can invite other locals to sell their own products and services, but we also want to cater the event. And outside of catering the event, we're going to have food trucks of our own foods but we also want to give an opportunity to the other food trucks that can retail their own products and services. So at every performance afterwards, you have the food trucks to suffice what people are naturally going to do. When they leave the club, they're going to go eat to recuperate. Then they're going to go find a place to hang out. But in that interval, not only can you have my chicken, which is 44 and kosher, like 44 and kosher has 44 recipes. Well, what if you don't want chicken? What if you want shrimp? Well, I got a shrimp uh, shrimp taco truck. Well, what if you want um, burgers? Okay, I got a Trill Burgers uh, concession stand slash food truck. They sell their own merchandise. So again, how can we make this better? Well, through the NFTs, you could connect this through your metaverse. 
and through your metaverse you can still promote it to your social media so all of these things are provided because they're going to give a better experience to our end users so this is what it comes down to like we want to incorporate quality in all of the things that we do and because of that at every potential step of the way what we want to do is make every release better than the last release we don't want to look back and say you know when we released those digital cassettes and you know when we brung back the blu-ray dvds no we want to say wow man you you know look what we did in the last quarter and and you know we had this impact and this uh scalability well look what we have up front we want to look forward to the future how can we make this better you know what the blu-ray should come with a dvd and the dvd should have interactive content and the interactive content should come with a cd that has all the songs that the digital cassette has but it's in a different format so that people with an older computer can pop it into the cd drive and guess what? Every single division has an NFT to connect it to the next. Where every NFT becomes a part of a mosaic. And every poster that we print up to autograph and sign can be one of those mosaics in our digital library at the Metaverse. I could just release a song and a fucking single and an album or an EP or a mixtape and then fucking, you know make a video and press up some t-shirts about it and leave it at that. But see, every other major record label can do that and they can market to the world at one time. I could create something targeted specifically for a market at a moment's notice. And if I can deliver the best product and service, why not? You know it costs almost $8 to make each digital cassette USB. Right? But is it worth it to charge an additional 15 bucks? I'm only making $5 and change. Is it worth it to give the consumer uh, that much of a better experience? 100% it is worth it. Why do you think that when you buy certain Rolls Royces, there's an umbrella holder and it has a very expensive, well put together, prestigious umbrella as part of it? That's for a reason because what they're continuously saying to their consumers and to people that are exposed to their products or service, what they're saying is, this is a premium experience. You are special enough for us to include these things. I'll give you an example. You know, some of the newer Rolls Royces, they take your birth date and they outline the constellations, right, of of how the moon was rotating around Saturn on that particular day, or let's say that solstice, right? And then they recreate that on your headliner. So every time you get into the car and you look up, it's an amazing thing because you know the, appen the, the attention to detail that, that they've put in to, to create that. And I must admit, it is so unique. It's so like... Wow, this is why you buy one of these cars. 
after you've ordered it. And you wait for that car four to six, seven months. Because when you get it, it's that much more unique and true to you. We already know it's a Rolls Royce. We know it's a good car. We know it has a BMW engine. We know it has all, you know, a whole bunch of new technologies, etc. But we're still human. We may not be focused on the technical, technical aspect of, of the mechanicals and how things work and whatever. But just the fact that they'll fly somebody in from overseas to sit down with your wife or your husband and and you get to pick out your carpentry, your leather, your touchable surfaces, what material? Do you want it carbon fiber? Do you want it to be granite? Do you want it to be wood? You want it to be wood? Okay, what type of wood? Caoba, eh, um, what's the other shit called? The, the, the shit that they make the Louisville sluggers out of. There's so many choices. You can select what color you want the buttons, how you want the embroidery. You want it in metal. You want it in fabric. You want it in um, a stitching. You want it in painting. You want it hand-painted. You want it airbrushed. You want it color-changing. Do you want to put diamonds on it? Do you want it to be like a jewelry piece? Do you want it to be removable? All of these things create a premium experience. One of my neighbors, I think it was yesterday, um, was driving his, uh, I think it was a drop head coupe or a Dawn. It could have been a Dawn convertible. And I'm like, this guy's just bored. He's out of place. He's driving, you know, in the wrong part of town. But then I stood back and I realized, you know what? All he's letting the world know is that I'm special. And you can be special too. Because if I use the filter of motivation, I should have been inspired by that moment instead of criticizing subconsciously why he's driving through this country back road. Well, it's very simple. He wanted to put the top down, but it was too hot. So he blasted his uh, climate-controlled environment and chose the perfect song to cruise and, and drive around just to enjoy himself. And I may question why he's driving through a backcountry road, but maybe he doesn't want the attention of being downtown. So, again, everything is perspective, right? Everything is about the delegation of power in the consensus of delivering the best experience for your consumers. I'm not just selling music. This is a lifestyle. My brand is a premium luxury lifestyle brand. I'm going to make it cool to have a 2012 Lamborghini Gallardo or Gallardo spider. <coughs> and it's not new. And it's not modern. Uh, I mean, it's not modern. It's not the fastest. It's not the most prestigious. But financially, it may be the best choice. So don't be surprised if I have a song where I'm talking about it. I want to go pick up this beautiful girl in this Lamborghini. I know it's the old one. I know you you, you new younger viewers are not going to necessarily care about that. But that's okay. It's not designed for you to care about all things and, and, and everything. I cannot be all things to all people and for everybody at all times under any circumstances. But what I can do is whatever market I'm able to satisfy, 
I have the choice to deliver the best products and the best services. So this is just to give you an example of what the motivational drive is for me. Above and beyond everything, this is what drives me, the fact that I want to deliver the best. For example, if I have a restaurant, right? And my restaurant is a premium luxury restaurant and we're selling a lifestyle brand, right? Well, I'm going to give you the best fettuccine Alfredo because I'm going to give you the best noodles and the best sauce and the best proper way to put it together. And I'm going to give you the best chicken, shrimp, or steak that money can buy. I'm going to find the best chefs to deliver the best uh, culinary experience. And I have the choice to, to not view it that way, right? I have the choice to say, well, my profit margins would be this much greater if I skimped on digital artwork or if I didn't do a music video and I just did visualizers. I don't look at it that way. I look at every video as a precursor to the visualizer. I look at the visualizer as an additional NFT, just like the music video is an additional NFT, just like the song is an additional NFT. So now you can connect all of them in the metaverse. So I'm not just giving you the bun, I'm giving you the burger, and I'm giving you the cheese and the vegetables and the fucking condiments and, and, you know, the sauces and everything else. I'm giving you the fries and the drink when it comes to any product or service. Through the use of, of delegation of power, I'm able to do that while keeping or maintaining the value of the actual music and, and the entirety, like the purity of the actual songs. So, in a sense, everything is in place. Now, now scaling it back down to the personal level. Everything is in place. I'm waiting on my passport. Even after I obtain my passport and the tour starts, the challenges are only going to get greater and more complex. So from our standpoint today, our stance, we feel that, okay, we'll, we'll get to the next level once we, you know, we clarify this or we, or we rectify that. But all we are doing is opening the gateway for a new level of extremities and complexities. Whatever challenges we solve today, in two months, we are going to have either in a completely different format or it's going to be a completely new avenue or challenge. Because if you think it's hard to generate your first two or three hundred thousand, imagine the set of challenges when you're generating four or five million dollars. And then further imagine the complexities, the extremities of generating 25, 30, 35 million dollars. It's all based on music. It's all based on entertainment. You know, hip-hop and music overall, it's a multi-multi-billion dollar industry. So it puts a lot of things into perspective, and you have to continuously adapt. So you may go to a family meeting or a family barbecue, and you may discuss a specific business, industry, or trade. And by the time that you have 
another family function eight months, nine, ten months down the line, everything that you spoke about during that barbecue has completely changed, especially when you're dealing with technology. So as I'm having this conversation with my childhood friend, I am comforting the situation that this person has going on in their personal life. At the same time, I'm talking about business that affects my personal life. But the emphasis is to focus on the positivity and the growth of the actual business. Because once the business is established, now I can offer this person a job from the inside. You understand me? In other words, I'm doing recruiting within my entire company, within my entire staff, within my own business partners to delegate more power to them. So I can be Ray Dalio and I can let the team autonomously make the best decisions for every product and service that we're releasing. I don't want to make every decision. I'm going to close every single deal, but the deal no longer has to be generated from myself. The deal could be delegated back to me from the promotional marketing and distribution uh, department in my company. It could be from the visual arts department. It could be from the audio engineering department. It could be from the merchandise branch of, of my investment firm. The best ideas should always win. The best decisions should always be made based on the fact that the collective strategically agrees that this would be the best thing. So... When it comes to business, I think about like the God realm, right? And I think about technology. So in a technology example, let's say I'm building the car of the future or the fighter jet aircraft of the future. What are the best weapons I can incorporate, right? If it's in the God realm, let's say I was designing a super bee. Let's say it had the size of a killer bee from the Asia's, but it flew with the maneuverability of an American um, wasp. But let's say it had the attributes of an African bee. You understand me? These are all elements that are all simultaneously going to deliver a different experience, but individually have their own attributes. It's like saying, okay, I'll give you another example. I'll give you a good one. I, I, you guys know one of my favorite restaurants, if not my favorite restaurant, is P.F. Chang's. In the menu, my favorite dish is Kung Pao Chicken. I, I, I live and swear by Kung Pao Chicken is my favorite dish. Well, I also like the Mongolian beef. And the Mongolian beef, I like it so much that it impaligates me. I can't eat too much of it because it will overwhelm me. Well, guess what? Now, P.F. Chang's at certain locations is offering Mongolian chicken. Now you just change the game. Because I don't have to buy Kung Pao chicken and get Mongolian beef sauce and put it together on my table. Now I can just order Mongolian um, chicken. It's all the same products. The execution is different. It's like, think about Taco Bell. Another example. Taco Bell sells you the same things in all different formats. One is like a burrito. One is a chimichanga. One is in a melt, one is in a taco, 
One is in this, it's in that. It's like having Coca-Cola. You can have it with ice. You can have it without ice. You can have it in diet. You can have it as a freeze. You can have it as part of a combo, or you can order the soda on its own. It's all the same product. It's all the same service. The execution is different. And because the execution is different, it delivers a different experience for every single consumer. And even though the majority may not want a custom Whopper or Whopper Jr., they may not want a custom Big Mac, etc. And as you guys can tell, I love franchises. But just the fact that for that small percentage, it is available, that makes the entire difference. For example, you may go to my event and you may love my chicken, but you may like Bob's Burgers a lot better. Well, it's my job to deliver both the shrimp tacos, Bob's Burgers, and my my own kosher chicken and let you decide. At least I'm taking the thought to deliver to you, the end user, the real consumer. My real business partners are my fans and my fan base. I'm doing my best to say, you know what? I'll make $10,000 less at this performance. But because I'm going to cater the event, I'm going to make a million dollars worth of an impact in a positive way. There's a reason why I may have an all-white party. There's a reason why in VIP, I may just add extra seats to, uh, to, to the venue. I may just put luxury chairs in front of the stage because I want to deliver a better experience. So what if you don't want to smoke hookah? but you still want to be in the front row. Okay, maybe I'll have mimosas for everybody that doesn't want to smoke hookah. You know, maybe I'll have a corner that can be like a cigar lounge. Why would I close the door to the cigar brand market because the majority wants to smoke hookah? Just to give you an example. And the complexity goes on and on. The diversification goes on and on because I'm always asking myself, if I'm establishing a restaurant, how can I make it the best? If I'm opening an internet cafe, how can I make it better than Starbucks? And using Starbucks as an inspiration, which is, this is where I host my show. Um, You know, if I'm creating hardware software, what can I add to it? Well, when you download one of my games and you play it on a digital platform, with a USB-C, you can connect an Xbox controller, a Wii controller, or a PlayStation controller. It's designed for all three. What's best for you? And and again, in all things that I do, this is what sets me apart. Like I said, I'll make $10,000 less in gross profits or have a $10,000 deficit of, of passive income or cash flow for the business. To do what? To deliver a better experience. For my clients, if I know I need a group of people or a person to open a show for me, I'll turn it into a talent show. And now I have 12 people opening for me. And I'll give out four awards. So one in every four will win an award. Best dressed new artist, best song, best album, best single, for example. Now these artists get to leave my event, which they help support feeling appreciated, overappreciated, 
because they opened the show, they brought their DJs, they did the talent show, and they got an award just for trying. And they were paid to do it. Now they could take that money and follow the same blueprint and the same structure to achieve a similar success. So the same is true with the DJ. As an artist, I have my own DJs, right? Sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes four DJs at a time. They all each play a set. So the concert may not be till 9 o'clock. But by 9 o'clock, you've heard four 30-minute sets from four different DJs. Well, guess what? Instead of putting my two extra DJs, I'll put those two performances when I close. And I'll add four more newer um, DJs that are local to that nightclub. And I'll give them each a 15-minute set, just as an example. You know, if I'm going to be on on stage by 11 o'clock, I can obviously fit more people at the 9 o'clock slot, for example, right? Um, and again, you connect with me on WhatsApp and you'll see the difference in, in prices. Like, I can go perform at a college at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and have the same impact as I would in a bar lounge slash restaurant at 5 o'clock. But it's the same performance you're going to get at 7 o'clock at another venue that could be corporate. And it's similar to the performance you're going to get at 9 o'clock from my dancers. But by 11 o'clock, now I'm in a concert setting. It's all the same product. It's all the same music. It's all the same process. The execution is different with the inclination of delegation of power to create a different, newer, better, efficient way to connect with the client base. To deliver a different experience. It's like I'm Papa John's and I sell pizza. Well, you might want a Hawaiian with Canadian bacon. Another person might want a Hawaiian pizza with chicken breast. Another person might want a Hawaiian pizza with beef or steak. Some may want a Hawaiian pizza with with chunks of, of hamburgers. These are all prime examples of the same thing. It's still pizza. That means dough, cheese, and sauce. That's it. And an oven. Some people add vegetables, some people add meats, some people add fruits. As long as I can provide the environment where everybody is an artisan and everybody can contribute and customized abilities are available, I'm doing the utmost best job that I could potentially do. I could sell you just one of my t-shirts or a snapback hat or a backpack. But what if I include an NFT? What if I include 20% off in the NFT for the next concert? What if a business joins a, 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 a partnership with me for me to do an event, and now I create a network for them, and that network is connected to every data point in my network, and now I get to host premium content for your business through every other business that does business with me. The question is not why to me. The question is why not. If I know that that experience, let's say that I can get at a cruise ship watching a live event during a catering service, if I could deliver that to the beachfront, why not do it? If I know that 
that experience is going to increase the quality of my experience. My quality of life increases by knowing that I delivered that. That's where I get my dopamine. For somebody to walk into my business and say, wow, look at this place. And I love the customer service. And I love the food. And I love the drinks. And I love the seating arrangements. And I love the lighting. I love the sounds. I love this experience. Let me share this. Let me send this to all my family and friends. Let me broadcast this through the world. But through my own unique lens. Wow, did you see the shirt that I bought? It comes with an NFT. This NFT connects to all of their events. Do you know that in the metaverse, I can go back to my unique concert experience and I can go by year, by month, by week, by venue and see myself enjoying this concert and it's frozen in time forever on the blockchain? Can you imagine if the people that went to Woodstock could do that? Can you imagine if people could go back to the 91, 92, and the 1993 Chicago Bulls and every playoff game and every preseason game and every finals and every conference matchup? Imagine they could go back and have that moment frozen in time. What about the Gettysburg Address? What about the Million Man March and the I Have a Dream speech? This is the technology that is able to deliver that when it comes to NFTs, the public ledger, blockchain, etc. So once you put on the future glasses, you can't take them off. I didn't tell God to help me create a technology company. I didn't I didn't beg to learn everything about technology. I didn't think I could correlate music, arts, and entertainment into one thing. I didn't know I could quantify artistic expression and approach. This is all it is. I'm an artist. I would do music for free. I would fucking paint for cheeseburgers. Just like many people sit downtown or sit on a beach and just draw the landscape of what they're seeing of or what they're doing. So the fact that I get to get paid for it, there's no way that I could fail. You see... I would be happy making $200,000 a year doing music. As happy as I would if I was making $200 billion a year making music. Because the music is already in my heart and in my mind and in my body and in my soul. But I also believe as an artist that it's already in your mind, in your body, in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit. So I'm one song away from building that bridge of connection. I'm one education... Uh, uh, no, I'm one, um, yeah, educational gesture. That's the word I was looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm one customer service gesture away from creating a client for life. So just to give you an example, to put everything in perspective for you, I'm one concert away from making you a fan for life. I'm one song away from making you a fan for life. I'm one album away or one piece of merchandise. It's not just the autographed poster that might do it for you. For the new generation, it might be an NFT of the autographed poster that I gave to you, but I sold to them. Did, did, did you guys notice things like in this generation for the newer kids, 
instead of playing with a toy train, they'll go on YouTube and they'll watch a video of another kid playing with a toy train. And the same way that that kid is somewhere in the world playing with a toy train by themselves, having dialogue with themselves, the newer generation, the new kids are able to connect to that dialect, to that uh, primitive way of communication. Because, you know, kids can communicate just like adults. They just don't have the words. They don't have the gestures. They don't have the, the syntax to be able to do it perfectly. But they understand when they see a child playing, that sends a clear message to them and they're able to connect. So it's like the same experience. I'm one hit away from being the biggest artist in the world. I said in a a few podcasts ago, I I spoke about, um, I don't know if I'm going to have the next thriller or the next your song or the next my heart will go on. But I'm one song away from achieving that. Through delegation of power, with the inclination of increasing customer interactivity, interconnectivity, you know, the customer experience, there's no limitation to what I can accomplish. Like Tupac used to say, you know, I'm not going to change the world, but I'm going to spark the mind that changes the world. I believed in my heart, and I still believe to this day, I am that person. That when he said that on the record, when he said that on an interview, when he expressed it artistically and creatively, he was speaking directly to me. You see, I love my people because I come from very humble beginnings and I take pride in my people. I had a conversation with a friend of mine about being humble and not wearing designer clothes. He's thinking, oh, my perspective is as such that I believe that just because, you know, you're wearing something less than Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Prada, that that has nothing to do with your humility. Because you could wear Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Prada and be humble or not be humble. But this person is missing the point. There are plenty of artists giving the market that facade or that illusion. There are not many people in the market going to a market like Ghana and shopping with the local people and eating at the local restaurants and communing with the locals, partaking in the local culture so that every product and service is geared towards the local people. I don't want to perform at the Madison Square Garden as much as I don't want to perform at the Madison Square Garden of Ghana. I'd rather go to the place where the common local people go to, where corporate America is not interested, where Live Nation doesn't give a fuck, where Ticketmaster doesn't exist, where they may never see a Jay-Z and a Beyonce. I'm happy being the artist that walks right up in there, turns on the microphone, a mixer console, asks the DJ to please put on an instrumental, connects a microphone, and rocks the fuck out for two hours nonstop. You may not know me. You may not know my songs. But by the time I leave, you're going to have a few thousand of them in your pockets through a digital cassette. And you may see that in my own network through all my social media. 
And for you, it may not mean anything because it's not Madison Square Garden, because it's not Yankee Stadium. But in my heart, in the hidden soul, in the inside of the metaverse, not the shit that you connect to on the internet, the amount of joy and happiness that that's going to produce in my heart, the amount of mental, emotional, psychological real estate that I'm able to acquire at cost is priceless. Where if an artist feels like this venue is too small for them, that I'm able to say, I'll do that venue. That if a club can only pay $5,000 for a performance, I can go to them and say, I'll do it for $3,500. Take $1,500, donate it to charity. You pick the charity. What church would you like to donate it to? I'll be there in person. I'll sign the check. We'll do autographs. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll help the local community. Again, this is just to give you an example of things that I'm able to do because I don't have a record label saying, well, he can't perform for less than two, three hundred thousand. I don't have that problem. I don't have that uh, limitation. So, delegation of power with the inclination of an augmented reality and improved customer client experience. Your business belongs to you until the moment that you say open for business. The moment that you say that your business belongs to your clients. I don't even like to use the word customers. I don't even like to use the word employee. Everybody that works with me does not work for me. And because of that, we're all business partners. Everybody's invested into the company. I want to create an environment where we see things exactly how they are, not how we want them to be. I want to create an environment where only the best ideas win. And that's my delegation of power. Thank you guys so much for your time. Tune in next time for another fun-filled episode. And we are dangerously close to the counter. So before we lose this, I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast. And I'm your host, and we'll see you on the next one. God bless. How can you delegate power within your team or your staff with the inclination to give the best, the greatest, and the most amazing experience to all of your clients. Remember that our focus is to build premium luxury brands, and our motto is that we only build successful businesses. I want you to have an amazing day today. May you conquer everything in your path, and may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me. And I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. God bless you all. Have an amazing day.